Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareco. Our opening song features Sunset Serenade by Cyclone. Albums and singles are available in all music stores and platforms. A Moment of Your Time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. Each week, we create a place for you to rest your heart by providing the platform for peaceable connection to the most gifted lightworkers, intuitives, alternative healers who will surprise you with something different, something outside of what's expected, innovative and unique. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website cview1111.net Now, close your eyes and get in touch with the present, the only reality. Feel your body, feel your breath, and let it drift back to the present moment. So we are so happy to have Rob here in the topic of Coast of Ireland on the medium vacation with Rob Goodrow. And welcome, everybody. Today we are going to talk with one of the authorities of the true paranormal, and he's an author, a medium, in his latest book, which we are talking today, Ghost of Ireland on a Medium Vacation. We're going to hear Rob as he shares his captivating experience encountering ghosts in various locations across Ireland. And all of this has been capturing his book. So for us that are planning or wishing to go to Ireland, we can actually follow the route he took in hopes that we can also see what some of those spirits. So Rob, can you share in your in your life what was that defining moment or experience that initially sparked your interest in communication with spirits? Well, Claudia, first of all, thank you for having me back. <clears throat> it's great to talk to you again. Um, I'm, I'm always very honored and happy to talk to you. Um, so for the, uh, for the listeners, uh, I, the first thing that really kicked off my uh, venture into the paranormal was my grandfather's appearance to me back when I was a teenager. Um, that <clears throat> scared me. And then uh, later on in life, decades later, when I had a puppy that passed named Buzz, he reawakened the abilities and he helped me prove, um, prove how pets communicate from the afterlife. So I communicate with both pets and people, earthbound ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. So I think, and you might say if it's true or not, when your grandfather appeared, that was a scary moment because back then when we were growing up, talking to spirits wasn't seen as something normal or something that it was unique and a plot. But I believe that when your pet came into your life and appeared to you, then it's a much uh, sweeter and and, and I, I don't know, I think it was easier 
easier for you to handle when the pet appeared than when your grandfather did. Is that true? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, of course, I was I was a lot older when my dog appeared, um, and, and then when I was, when my grandfather appeared, I was only uh, 13 years old. So, uh, you know, everything everything scared me. <laughs> um, but it was a comfort uh, when when my dog appeared. And uh, what's interesting is about is that one of my other dogs who had has since passed. Um, appeared in spirit when I was in Ireland, and that's in oh. the book too. Wow! Uh, you know, I so envy you too much. Like I would love to have it, and I know that when one says something like that, it, people like you, you're you are always telling us, but you can do it too if you would only let it connect and. And, and probably it's our mind that is blocking us or something, but it's like, it, it seems like it comes so easy for you that you just pick like, okay, let's go to Ireland. And then here comes all these uh, ghosts and people that just appear to you. It's like, it seems that it's effortless and it is for you. So Well, <laughs> um, it's always, well, when I, whenever I go on vacation, I, as a medium, I'm, um, I'm not thinking about, Connecting with earthbound ghosts when I go on vacation, I'm just relaxed and uh, I, and I'm trying to enjoy the new uh, the new environment. And when you're relaxed as a medium, you have your guard down, and that's when people start coming through. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So we we were talking about um, the series. This is part of the series of books that you have written on different location where you have gone to vacation and now this one is out and people can get it at robgotro.com or amazon or everywhere just put ghost of Fireline on a medium vacation and it will pop out but what i love about this is that you can actually like people like me can actually use it as a really good uh, resource as a guide to travel to the places that you have traveled and that is a very unique perspective of doing a, a book, of writing a book with ghosts on it. So what prompts you to do it this way? So that's a, that's a good question. Um, so I, this is the third in my series, Ghosts on a Medium's Vacation. The first one was about England. The second one was about the Birdcage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. And this one is about is Ireland. And I... Because I covered most of Ireland, we went to many different many different counties throughout Ireland. Um, I felt that this one would be easier uh, for for readers to know what hauntings I encountered in various counties. So I organized it alphabetically by the different counties, like Clare, Cork, Galway, Kerry, Tipperary, um, and, and and several others. So not only is it by county, but within each chapter, wherever you go, um, like the uh, St. Nicholas Church in, in Galway, um, you, will find, uh, you will find some history there. So you'll, not only will you get the hauntings, but you'll also get the history. So um, it's the whole, to me, it's the whole package. It's, 
something that I would like to read. As someone who travels and interested in the paranormal, I would like to find out where where it is in Ireland, what it is, and what the haunting is. And that's how I wrote it. So it should be easy for people to use as a guide. Now, what do you think it is that sets Ireland apart in terms of the supernatural energy and were there any other locations that left a lasting impression on you? Sure. It's, it, to me, it reminded me, it's very much like England. I mean, there's a, an incredible uh, amount of history. There, there were wars. There were religious wars. There were, um, we, we had um, people who worshipped different things. Um, mm-hmm. So, there, and it, of course, Ireland is also full of castles and, and prisons and, and so forth. And those are also different things that are in the book, castles and prisons, where I encountered various ghosts. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the history, and so when you go back in history, and Ireland is famous for many things. I, I, it comes to mind the Vikings and Odin and all of the religions that have come through those places. And I wonder, when you have that rich history and so diverse, is that something that makes it more prone to for goes to remain or for the energies or the supernatural energy to to be in those places more than others? Yeah, I I think that the you know the longer the longer civilization was uh, was around in various places, the more chance you have for ghosts. Um and of course the more uh the more chance you have for ghosts when there there's um some some horrible history like wars and so forth. Um you know, and you mentioned the Vikings. Absolutely, uh, the Vikings. The Vikings were there, um, and there's some Viking history as well. Um, I actually went to one of the oldest places um, in Ireland, the, one of the oldest his, historic places. It's called Newgrange. It's um, it, it's actually a, a settlement that predates the Egyptian pyramids by 400 years, it goes all the way back to 3200 BC, and and there's a uh, there's a structure there that's really a it's really a tomb um and it, it was it was actually discovered i think back in the 1600s when a farmer sent sent people out sent uh, hired hands out to look for rocks <laughs> and then they discovered this massive tomb that was uh, that was uh, bordered by stones by quartz um so that was fascinating, and there was energy in there, but it wasn't it wasn't intelligent haunts, uh, Claudia. It was, in fact, residual energy, because when you think about going into like a mausoleum, for instance, modern day, um, people will impress their sadness within the walls as they walk in, and that's the kind of thing that I encountered when I went to Newgrange. And so it was not one entity, but it was the residual energy of many. That's what you mean? Yes, it was the residual energy of many. And and for um, for those who don't know where where Newgrange is, it's in County Meath, M E A T H, in Ireland. Um, 
in the Boyne Valley, which is just is north of uh, it's north of Dublin. Um, the other interesting there's another interesting aspect too of of uh, this particular place, uh, Newgrange, and that is on the winter solstice every year, December 21st. It's, it's the shortest day of the year in the northern hemisphere. A shaft of sunlight enters the chamber from the front door, and it illuminates the main chamber of the of the underground tomb, and it only happens that day. So, I, it, to me, that's fascinating. I mean, they they built this with the uh, winter solstice in mind and the position of the sun, and uh, and today, I understand that hundreds of people reserve uh, a spot on the winter, winter solstice um, which is December 21st um, to to see that shaft of light illuminate the tomb underground. It's pretty cool. Hmm. So every year all of those people leave behind some of the energy in that place as well. They did, yeah, so they so the, the living people will also bring in their energy and and their energy is usually probably anxiety and excitement <clears throat> that adds to all the energy from the last 3,200 years. So, you, you know, you can pretty much imagine the underground tomb of Newgrange <clears throat> as just a full with residual emotional energy there. You can feel it if you walk in, if you're sensitive. And is that energy? that is there, an energy that needs to stay, or is that an energy that needs to be clear or neither? So what what is your feeling about that? So it's an energy that's going to stay. It will if it will forever stay because the uh, the structure is enclosed, and mm-hmm. um, and living people will continue to add to that energy as well. Um, and it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to go anywhere. I mean, because it's residual, it's not it's not interactive. It's not a uh, it's not a trapped ghost, not a trapped person. It's just their emotions that uh, that linger through the centuries. So, but there are other there are a lot more intelligent there are intelligent ghosts that I found <laughs> in many other places. So what is what is it that you when you say intelligent ghosts are they dumb ghosts and they are or, or what do you mean by that? <laughs> Good question. I, it's a, an intelligent haunt. It, it's so there's two haunt two types of hauntings. One is residual, which is really emotions impressed upon a structure that that radiate that come out and you feel them when you go into this into whatever structure. The other type is intelligent haunt. And that just means that it, it, it's a, an actual ghost. In other words, the energy and personality and memory of a living person that stayed behind that can communicate with you in some way, whether verbally, visibly, uh, physically. They can poke you. You can feel them uh, move something. So that's what an intelligent aunt is. Okay. So... So now we're talking about these encounters that you have. So can you give us some of the examples or which one are the ones that got a bigger impression on you and that people can find on your book? And then if I go to 
Ireland and I had your book and I wish to get in contact with one of those, what would what do I need to do or what would be a recommendation for you to do? So or the, the most <laughs> the most haunted place that I went to is in Cork County, <clears throat> Ireland. And I went to the I went to the Cork City Jail. Um, and that it's now a museum. It, it used to be a jail. Um, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't expect anything, but because I was just there to tour for the history. But I mm-hmm. ran into eight different ghosts at this jail. And um, so if you're, even if you're just a little sensitive, you will go in there and you will sense a number of things. You'll sense residual energy. But you may encounter some of the ghosts that I did. Um, so another another thing, you may even not have to go into the front door <laughs> to to experience the ghosts because outside the front door, I found out that there used to be a gallows. That's where they used to hang some of the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a ghost right outside in the front door before I even went in. <laughs> um, and the, so the reason they stay behind <clears throat> as prisoners is is um, they would once they die even within the prison they will awaken as a soul basically energy coupled with memories personality and knowledge and they may be confused and linger too long and stay and become an earthbound ghost or they may purposely choose to stay there because they're afraid of crossing over and going to a bad place. <laughs> so, um, when <clears throat> when I went in <clears throat> when I went into the into the, uh, the, um, the jail, there were a number of different cells that were <clears throat> that actually had ghosts in there. But when I went upstairs, there was a second floor. Um, <clears throat> one of the ghosts shared with me. Um, uh, pain of death, <clears throat> and and that's what happens to the medium. They um, they will share how they died. So when I went up to the top of the stairs, um, there was a ghost who conveyed that he was beaten by a guard, and um, and he was beaten by a blunt instrument. <clears throat> and so wh- while I was there, I sketched. Uh, there's a sketch in my book, Claudia, of of the man being beaten by a guard, and it's what I saw when I connected with him. So th- those are in there. Um, so that's called the, uh, that's called the drum gallery for anybody who wants to go in there. So you so the book also contains photographs of every single location. So you can, you know what, you know what the location looks like and you may see some sketches of some of the ghosts that I encountered. Plus it was in, um, it was in the court city jail where I captured an actual photograph of a male ghost crossing a corridor, and that is the cover of my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. So when you let me ask you something, when you went to that one and you saw eight ghosts, how do you differentiate? Do they look different? Each one of them? Do they, do they have? Is that an energy sense? Is that that you see something like wearing a hat and? Or how do you know 
how do you distinguish between each other of the ghosts? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's really, uh, so it's two ways. One is reading their energy, which has their personality, and everyone is different. And the other is sometimes they will show themselves to me. So on, <clears throat> on page 33 of my book, you can see the, uh, the man who was being beaten. His name was Daniel. He told me his name. And he told me what he was in there for as well. Um, there, was another, uh, there was another ghost that I encountered in a, in a cell. Uh, actually, and um, he had an interesting story. He was, he was imprisoned, and then he was released, and then he, he turned to religion, and then he became a very bad person. <laughs> and he used religion in a bad way um, to do to do bad things. So when he died, he went back to prison, and that he haunts that jail. So it's interesting the kinds of stories that I find from these ghosts. And then when I get home, I start looking them up to find out if there really was a name of of that person and what happened to them. So uh, I try to prove everything that I experience. And, and how often are you able to find the stories behind the ghosts? Because some of them are so far away that I don't know if there's a record. So is it easy to find that proof or has it been long hours of research and many times uh, there's no record of those? <clears throat> yes. I, so I'm not always able to find them. Um, it depends on where the ghosts are that I encountered. So prisons usually kept pretty decent records. Um, there are decent records of people who lived in castles and so forth. But there aren't records of people, just average people who lived in, um, in dwellings. Um, and for instance, on the, uh, in County Kerry on the Dingle Peninsula, um, we entered a uh, an old shop. Now that shop has been there for maybe 150 years or so, um, and it's been redone. And there was there was actually the ghost of a woman on the second floor. And there's no way that I could find out who this woman was. Um, she showed me what she looked like. She <clears throat> she dwelled on the second floor. She was staring out a window. She told me why she was there, at which I explain in the book. Um, and um, so I, I sketched her out, and then I took a picture of the front of the uh, of the shop. So anybody that goes to the Dingle Peninsula the, in the town of Dingle will be able to find uh, this woman, unless she crossed over. Because I, I when I left, I I asked her if she would cross, and I tried to get her to do that. But I don't know who she is. Okay, so she never gave you the num the name. No, no, she she did not. Um, but she did tell me why she was there. <laughs> and, and let me ask you something. How? What is the reaction of the people, the living people, where you go and you let them on? Like, like I don't know if you talked to the owner of the shop and you said, "Hey, there's a ghost in your second floor, and she <laughs> looks like this," and. So what is the reaction of the people? Do they try to help you? Do they 
look you at like what is this weird person telling me and usually what is the reaction of the people around do they well, know I, they have a call uh, some some do and and some don't um in <clears throat> so i i kind of read the human the living person's energy to see if i can tell them about it and, or ask them about it <clears throat> Um, when I went to England, I was able to do that. When I went to uh, John Soane's museum and I encountered a ghost dog, I was actually mm-hmm. able to talk to the people that work there and ask them if they saw a little dog ghost running around. And they, they, they said yes, and they were willing to talk about it. But conversely, I, I know when I'm in a place where I can't really talk to the shop owner or people that work there, um, and in this particular case, I really did want to talk to the shop owner, but she was very, very busy. Um, this was a, this, this is a place called the Mulcahy Shop, and they it was a studio and a retail outlet that sold beautiful sweaters and scarves and other woven products. Um, and because this ghost um, specifically lingered on the second floor, the shop was downstairs on the first floor, <clears throat> but the workshop where things were done were upstairs where this ghost lingered. So um, it would only be it, it would only be someone that, that went upstairs into the workshop all the time, not necessarily a retail person um, that, down on the first floor. But um, it, yeah, I, so I couldn't I couldn't find uh, an opening to ask this particular the shop owner um, if she sensed this woman, but. Um, but the woman, the woman told me that um, she, the reason she was there, and she was there because she suffered from an illness <clears throat> that made her sweat, <clears throat> and she had chills and a flu-like illness, and she shared those, those things with me. So I felt those feelings, um, and I asked her why she was specifically looking out the window all the time that I was there. I was up there for a couple minutes, <clears throat> and she said, "I'm waiting for the doctor." Mm-hmm. So she died waiting for the doctor, um, which is, is just horrible and tragic. Um, but <clears throat> just as I was about to, uh, you know, and I was talking to her, and I, I sometimes I don't realize, Claudia, that I'm talking out loud <laughs> <laughs> to a ghost, and I'm in a retail shop. And as I was talking to the ghost, somebody came upstairs into the workshop, and I, and I, I thought, oh. I better, <laughs> I better stop talking because they're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> so, um, so then I telepathically asked her if she would go into the light. And, um, and, and I remember actually looking back at her, and, and she turned her head toward me, and, and um, she nodded. So I knew that she understood that she was, she, was not, she was dead and that the doctor was not coming, and she had to cross over. Oh, well, I hope that she did. You know, we were talking before the show, and I find it so much fun what you do and, and the things that happen in your life. And one of the things that I love about what you do, Rob, is all all of these messages. It's the, there are messages of hope and of light and of wonder and Proof that there is life besides the life, and 
And how much you help people that can't or don't know how to do this to understand that there's all of this paranormal life that can be, and it's useful for us. So one of the things that if you could share um, about the series, the reason behind the series that made you write all of these books and put them out and share them in the way that you share them. Sure. Well, um, so I have learned a lot as a medium about what happens after we die and how people who have passed, whether they choose to stay earthbound as a ghost or they cross over as a spirit, how they can communicate with us as the living. Um, and, and everybody that passes that we know does want to let us know that they're okay. So, mm-hmm. and, and that includes pets as well, which is why I have that series of pets in the afterlife. Um, my other series is about is ghosts and spirits, and that's about or mostly about earthbound ghosts on paranormal investigations, but also some spirits like my dad and my mom and some grandmothers are in there and so forth. Um, just to let, just to teach us that the physical life is only the first step. We go on <laughs> to another step, um, and everybody's going to be waiting for us on the other side. And we really shouldn't be grieving so hard about their loss. We should instead embrace the love and the memories that we had with these people and these beautiful pets. Um, and, and keep them alive in our hearts until it's our time when we meet them on the other side. So, so that's why I write the books. I write the books to teach people, you know, what signs to look for to give them hope, and and let them know that love continues. Um, also to let people know that there are earthbound souls that need to cross over and achieve that peace, like the people, like the uh, the the prisoners in the in the Cork City Jail. Um, and there's a Dublin jail that I also encountered uh, prisoners there being beaten. Um, that, and they need to cross over. They, we need to understand that the other side is nothing but peace, love, and forgiveness. And there's no reason to fear the other side. And, uh, Rob, one other thing that you, we were talking before the show is that you're actually doing some trainings. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, So on the side, not only do I I write these books um, and then I and I maintain social media every day for about ghosts or spirits, people or pets. um, I also do uh, I do pet readings on weekends uh, by email and and I'm booked over a year out. Um, But but now I'm also teaching two different courses in paranormal studies in New England um, this this spring. So um, in addition to that, Claudia, I also go to animal rescues and I do fundraising rec- lectures for the animal rescues and teach people how their pets communicate from the afterlife. So I'm so busy I need to retire from my full-time job. And for example, if I want to train with in one of the tra- trainings that you're doing, it is because I want to learn what? You want to learn how um, how spirits communicate with us 
and and why we uh, what signs to look for. So <clears throat> for people who lost uh, human relatives or friends, um, they can read read my books, uh, Ghosts and Spirits Explained, or Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead. Those will explain <clears throat> how it all works and and what to look for. Um, and then there's the Pets in the Afterlife series for anyone who lost a pet, whether it's a – and it has to be a domesticated animal, dog, cat, bird, horse, ferret, rabbit, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, those those books will teach you what signs to look for. And, and I think by seeing the signs, it actually brings us comfort. It does. Yeah. And another thing that I can share with you, too, is that I have found that birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays are the time that spirits, the ones that have crossed over, are usually the uh, usually the times when they make an appearance in some way. Either they lead you to someone that looks like them, or they'll send you uh, a bird uh, doing something crazy in front of your window, <laughs> or, or drop you a coin. There's, many, there's so many ways. Um, Ghosts, however, don't have that that ability. Only spirits who have crossed over. I wonder why. And you were saying that one of your dogs appeared to you in Ireland? He did. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, So in my first book, Pets in the Afterlife, there's a chapter about my uh, dachshund Sprite. And when Sprite passed, back in on July 8th, 2013, <clears throat> I have a, a good memory for these dates <clears throat> when it comes to my kids. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sprite really loved to watch nature. And slightly after, shortly after he passed, there was a yellow and black butterfly that flew into the backyard around our dogs for, for many minutes at a time. And normally, you know, if you have dogs, they will run and chase a butterfly. <laughs> but instead... This particular butterfly was allowed to fly around our dogs the same way, the same type of way that Sprite used to walk around. He would amble around in the grass. Um, mm-hmm. during, and they didn't touch it, so I knew it was a message from Sprite. And plus, it was the very first butterfly I saw for the entire summer, even though it was the beginning of July, which is crazy. Um, but during our trip in Ireland, um, I happened to be... I happened to be thinking of him for some reason. I kept thinking to myself, what, why am I thinking about Sprite? I'm in Ireland. I'm on the Dingle Peninsula. I'm in the town of Dingle looking at historic places. And so I just I dismissed that for a minute. And so we went into one of the shops. And the name of the shop was the Dolphin Store. Um, it, you wouldn't expect to find a butterfly in a store called the Dolphin Store. But... <laughs> As soon as we went in, we saw jewelry inside, and the first thing we saw was a small ceramic yellow and black butterfly, which is striped. Mm. If it would not have been a sign had I not been thinking of Sprite just before I went in the store. So, um, so that's when you made the connection that it was him. Yes. Yes. So. Um, uh, interestingly enough, <clears throat> when <clears throat> when I took a trip and visited Germany in 2019, I, we were on a bus going from um, a boat into the into the t- a town, 
And I was telling I was telling my partner, I said, you know, I, I feel like my mother is here on this trip. And um, he said, okay, well, you know, maybe she'll give us a sign. Well, Claudia, the bus drove by a supermarket in Germany with the name Norma on it. Oh. That, that's my mother's name. And, you know, I... Uh, and that that sign couldn't be any more plain from my mother to let me know that she was on the trip with us. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I certainly didn't expect to see a huge sign with my mother's name on it in Germany because my mother is Ita- Italian, and you know, Norma's Italian. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and in the exact moment that you said, "Well, she better give us a sign," and she gave you the vacant sign that you could not look at, uh, away. Absolutely. It was a night nice, it was a big red sign with white lettering. It had to be probably about nine feet wide. <laughs> and you know, I think that that is a very good um sign or not sign lesson for people is that ask the questions. Like if you have a relative or someone, a pet that has passed and you want to know if they're near you just ask them to show you proof, to send you a sign, and, and be observant of what happened. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it's just like I—it's just like I tell people when they when they want to do readings, pet readings, and they have questions. Um, some people will will write me and say, uh, "Does my pet agree with what I'm thinking about?" And, and <laughs> that's not. <laughs> <a question. laughs> That's not a question. You have to actually ask the question. <laughs> um, um, although you know, spirits can can read our thoughts because they're they're uh, electrical impulses of energy. When somebody sends me a note, the, the spirits are reading my thoughts, and I don't I don't know what what they're thinking. Those people are thinking. So. It, um, Ask a question directly to your pet or your, or your person, and they will answer you in some way. Yeah, I think that's a good a good um, way to put it. Because sometimes when you are having a reading, you are thinking of how to tell the question to the reader when you actually should ask the question directly to the loved one that you want the answer from, and it would be easier than trying to say it in a way that the reader can understand. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Always best to ask a direct question. So, Rob, you are doing a lot of readings, a lot of um, you're writing books, you are doing all of these things. And we were talking about uh, life and how important it is for us to do that that gives you joy. So one of the things that you mentioned is how much joy you get from doing what you do. So we are expecting to get more books. Are we expected to get more trips? Or what is it that you see in Rob's future? And I know that it's just a play that we do because future can change at any moment and we can just go the other way at any moment if we wish to. So, um, yeah, I, I actually do have uh, six or seven more books 
in the queue. Um, two, two more about Ghost on a Medium's vacation, uh, which have, one will be Scotland, and another will be places in the United States. Um, and, and there's another Pets book, um, and there's another Paranormal Investigation book. So I have, I have lots to share with everybody. Um, I love getting questions from people because I, I answer their questions and then I use that on social media and share them because if one person has a question, many other people have a question. Um, I, uh, I, I, like, I, I just enjoy sharing things, meeting people, bringing them comfort, um, and just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, on a different note, I wanted to mention one thing that's that's unique about this Ghosts of Ireland book, uh, something I did not do for the other two. And that is, uh, Claudia, this particular book has a list, a, a video list and links to short videos that I made when I was at every location. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking ahead when I, <laughs> when I was in Ireland and I would I would make uh, I, I made like thirty to sixty second videos. Um, for instance, I went to uh, I went to St Nicholas's Church in Galway, where um, where I met a woman, a ghost of a woman who stayed behind <clears throat> to grieve for her loved one who died in World War One. And um, uh, in that, I did a, a little tour, a, a quick video tour. Um, there was another uh, there was another place where I went, St. Mary's Cathedral, where I ran into a ghostly hanging corpse, <laughs> and that was kind of gruesome. But um, I um, I did a short video there too. So this so every chapter has a link to different videos, and plus there's at the end of the book there's a there's a page there's two pages of a video list with those links. So for and if you get the Kindle version, you can just click on it and it will take you right to the video. Is it um, and, and in those videos, can you actually see the ghost or, or no? No, you just, unfortunately, you just see me. <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and, I'm talk, and I'm talking to you about what I'm sensing or I'm giving you some of the history of the place. So it's just a it's just a way to give people a, a better feel for the location in which I'm describing in the chapter. No, and you know that that is excellent because now with the technology that we have, it, it's so important to do such. I was uh, just browsing through a um, one one woman's website that was, that is doing just just that. I she writes like you that she writes a book. And she has this paragraph explaining the place that she's seeing. And then mm-hmm. when you click on that, you go to the place. And when you are waiting and then actually seeing, it's like, oh, now it, I mean, this is what he means by tall or by grain or by, you know, now you're seeing the tall grain uh, mountain or whatever it is that you're seeing and describing, you can now see it as well. And it makes it a more profound trip. It does. It, my my whole purpose in writing, especially this book, um, is to make you feel like you're actually there. And uh, and I purposely included a photograph in every single chapter 
um, so that you can, first of all, you can envision what, what I'm going to be describing to you and put yourself in that place. So it, it's, a, it's a much, to me, because I've, I've read ghost story books uh, for a long time, and they're just text. And it's hard, when you're reading somebody else's text about a place, it's hard to envision it. Mm-hmm. It really helps to have a picture, you know, whether it whether it be the inside of a church where the hanging ghost was, or or um, a library where the uh, a, a ghost walks around from bookshelf to bookshelf in in Dublin in Marsh's library. <laughs> um, it's it, it's helpful to have a photograph. Um, so that that's why I do that. And by the way. Speaking of Marsh's Library in Dublin, there was a mystery. I I tried to solve a history mystery behind the ghost in Marsh's Library and why he was there. Because uh, when I came home after I sensed this ghost, there were two different stories about why he was there. And, And I was actually able to debunk and disprove one of the stories that has been going around. Wow, and what are you doing with that information? Are you sending that to the library, or what's the step on that? No, it's just in my book. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's re- because it's really about paranormal circles. You know how how some stories get told over and over again, and then they get they change over time, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and people add and and color, you know, the stories. So there, it's a different thing. Um, so that's what that's what happened, and I just brought it back to reality by citing by citing historic legal historic documents that prove what that one ghost story was about, um, and it it backed up what I felt. And Brooke, have you found? I'm thinking on that in that in that particular case, do the ghosts get? annoying that their story has been changed or again change and now it's a different story of why do they care um i i don't think they care so much as well i think what they care most about is to cross over and to find peace so um i don't as a ghost i think they don't mind um people being more aware of them but they're hoping that somebody will come by and cross them over (laughs) <laughs> so, I think that's it. And um, talking about that, is there a technique that you have learned to help with that, or a recommendation if any of us encounter? What What is it that you recommend someone do on that case? To well, to help them cross over, you really need energy. So, um, <clears throat> as I explained in, in my books, ghosts and spirits are energy coupled with memories, personality, and knowledge. When we first, when we first die, when our physical body dies, um, we have a lot of energy. We have a, a truckload of energy. And that energy is strong enough to open a doorway to the other side and let us cross over. But as I found as ghosts linger a long time, their energy levels drop significantly. And over time, they don't have enough energy to open that doorway. So in terms of of people helping them, really it takes at least, I would say at least 
between two and five people to generate enough emotional energy to open a doorway to the other side. Ghosts can't do it by themselves. They need to power up. Um, and they do that by taking emotional energy or uh, physical energies of heat, light, water, and electricity. Um, so it's really hard. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to cross the ghost sober. And, um, and I write about that in my Inspired Ghost Tracking Case Files book. Um, it, often it took between three and five people to cross them over. But that's what I want to do. I want to help them all. So when you travel, you travel with a group of team that can help you with that? No, I just travel. I travel with my uh, my other half. <laughs> and and is he also sensitive and willy? Um. Yeah. He's yeah. He's sensitive. Not not to the extent I am, but and and he's he is willing if you know um, if we're in a place where we can do it. But honestly, when you know when you're touring these public places. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Um, in, in fact, Claudia, one of the places we went in uh, in Gal- Galway where I encountered a bunch of ghosts was in a shopping mall. Hmm. It's, it, it was a shopping mall, and I didn't understand what had happened, why ghosts were lingering in a shopping mall. But when I, went, when I came home and I looked up the address of the property, I was able to find out exactly what happened and why those ghosts are lingering there. Um, so that's in there, too. So people can go to a shopping mall, and they can run into the ghost that I ran into. You know, in Gal- I, I was wondering on that area that, that you just mentioned, it's like I live in a place in my town where I would, my house is supposed to be like 20 years old. So it's not mm-hmm. old, old. Sure. But I wonder, like, it's like, well, what was in the land before? So I get there could be also uh, places or or energies or ghosts in this area because I don't know what was before. I don't know if there was a battle here, a small battle, and just I don't know. And I'm going to say just, but even two people is too many. But let's say three people die here, or mm-hmm. there was an accident or something. So it could. So what I'm coming through is that any place on earth could be a place where you can encounter ghosts or is yeah. not. Yeah. Um, yeah, really any place. Um, I, I, live, I lived in a house in Kentucky that wound up being haunted by a uh, Civil War soldier who didn't die in battle. He died of the flu. Um, hmm. And he came to the house that I was living in because it was the closest place to where he was, he was stationed. He was camped. Um, so it could be anywhere. Um, so, by the way, so you could also get um, like get a ghost can choose to go to somewhere that is familiar to him, even though that's not the place that she, that the ghost died. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Hmm. And often, that is mind blowing. It's like, why <laughs> would you do that? Like, like it makes me wonder. Is like. We are these magnificent beings of knowledge and love. So what can be happening with us in that moment that we decide not to cross over and stay here? It's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to people who are very, um, very uh, devout to their religion (laughs) and 
and they become they become afraid to cross over. And and really, the bottom line is, no matter what you did in your life, please cross over because there's nothing but love and forgiveness on the other side. There is no hell. Hell is being an earthbound ghost, um, yes. and where you can't talk to anybody, where you live in isolation for eternity. So, uh, just cross over and go to paradise or heaven or whatever you want to call it, and and there you'll find peace, the peace that you deserve. Amen. Yeah, I've I've been reading a lot of the of uh, um, Anita Morijami's books, and that's one of the things that she says is more. And she's frequently saying that is there's nothing but love and compassion and understanding, and if we could only believe that and put away every belief that is not such a place of beauty and and love and compassion. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But we're only human. <laughs> <laughs> so many. So the last question before we finish today. Many people find the idea that communicating with spirit is very intriguing and intimidating. So what advice do you have for those who might be hesitant about exploring the paranormal? Um, first, I would say that... It, that if you want to communicate with your loved ones, if you want to make sure your loved ones are okay, uh, just trust your feelings. Trust what you get. Let yourself, let yourself sense them. Don't discount any signs that you get. Um, and, and you have to know that there is, more to the, there is more to life than just this life on earth. Thank you. And Rob, uh, when you choose a location for your next uh, your next um, medium vacation uh, series, do you need to be prepared on the history, the folklore of the place before coming, or you just let it be? No, I <laughs> I go in blind, really. I, I don't know anything about anything, and I, that's the way I like it. I do that with paranormal investigations, too. I don't want to know anything. Um, and when I write these books, it's after the fact that after my trip, that's when I go back and I research the history, and that's the way I like it because <laughs> I don't want any prior knowledge to influence the things that I get. Oh, thank you for that. Is there anything else that I haven't asked that you would like to share with us before we finish? And again, once you have your other books, you are welcome to come here. Thank you so much. Um, one other quick note it, it, that people may find interesting about the Ghost of Ireland, not only is it organized by county and there's special videos and pictures in every, in every chapter, but there's also a past life experience that my partner had when we were near the Blasket Islands. And because he recognized something immediately that he had never seen before physically, but he had seen it before in his mind. So um, so you may have a past life experience if you go to a place that you're drawn to and you see something suddenly that looks familiar that's historic. Um, so you'll get a whole bunch of things in this book, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Um, my website's robgutter.com or petspirits.com, and I look forward to connecting to everybody. And thank you so much, Claudia. 
Thank you as well. And have a wonderful weekend. Everybody, thank you for being here. Enjoy your... Uh, we hope that March is another excellent year, the month on this year, 2024. And we thank you for coming here. Share, share, share. And look up for our other episodes with Rob Butra. Thank you, Rob, for being here and for everything that you do. Thank you. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.